1: on the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield.
4: Breaks a tackle, 15, 10, four.
1: This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. It's for the fans. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by Homeland Grocery, locally owned by our employees. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. River Wind Casino, still the one. And by... Walden cleaners and laundry, where the difference is quality. This is the Bud Light OU Huddle. Now, here's Toby Roland.
4: Hi everybody, welcome. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It is time for the huddle. In fact, we got two straight hours of Sooner Sports Talk in front of you. Sooners beat Iowa State on Saturday, 28-21 on Owen Field. Next up, we've got Bedlam in the regular season finale this Saturday night. Prime time in Payne County coming up Saturday night. We're going to talk about it with Lincoln Riley and Teddy Lehman coming up in the next hour. But right now, please help me welcome the warful Trophy winner and a sideline analyst extraordinaire, Gabe Eichert, hey, everybody.
2: What's up, bud? I always mess up the fist bump. You didn't mess up anything. But no. I got it was just a little delayed. I don't know what the issue is there. We'll work on it. you're acknowledging the
4: love of the crowd, and eventually you'll get a Man meet. of the
2: people. That's exactly right. You look good today. Got a little fresh shaven going and everything. Well, I wasn't supposed to be on the show tonight. <laughs> so this this was supposed to be like not this way uh-huh. because I didn't think I was going to be on camera until we did Sooner Game Day later in the week. But. You're a Get the call man. last night. I'm needed. I'm here. I couldn't leave you hanging. Fresh
4: shaven to full beard. What are we looking at? Three,
2: five days, something like that. Yeah,
4: so, yeah, yeah. What a man!
2: It is. It's rapid growth. <laughs> it's rapid. Been growth. that way since I was in like seventh grade.
4: All right, let's start by looking back at the Sooners and the Cyclones. Yet another close game. Oklahoma now has set a record this year, program record for most wins in games decided by seven points or less. We had another one on Saturday as Iowa State came to town for an 11 a.m. kickoff, and Cyclones took the football. And after a weird set of events and one of the strangest reviews you'll ever see, they scored a touchdown. Brees Hall on the one-yard run, and
2: then there goes Caleb Williams. That young man is fast. Now, what, what do we think about the ball security, first of all? Some people say, hey, don't do the taunting stuff. I loved it. I love like the, you I loved like it. I loved the, the attitude,
4: man. I don't know, Let but I know, get Caleb. out of the way of the eight train. Perry on Winfrey planting Brock Purdy in a tie game. There's the hit of the year right there. And then Key Lawrence going to come up and jar the ball loose late first half. And Jalen Redmond, Johnny on the spot. And Look we got a big man running. The speed, that is what we
2: call. A thick six. (laughs) Is that what we call it? Yeah, it used to be Fat Man touchdown. (laughs) Two Cs, right? Yeah, we've transitioned (laughs) it to thick six. That's thick with two Cs. Trademark, Mike Golic Jr.
4: I like it. Good pass there. Caleb Williams finds Mario on the sideline. 21-7 Sooners. Backup quarterback Hunter Deckers is in. He's picked off by Delarian Turner. Yell, you're feeling pretty good. They try and trick play. Sooners blow it up. Boy, that OU defense was good on Saturday.
2: Defensive line just completely got after Iowa State's offensive line. The trickeration from the Cyclones. So. Fake
4: punt. I mean, it was a big point in the game early fourth quarter. It gave them new life on this drive. And Decker's able to find Chase Allen to make it a one-score game again. Sooners push right back. A six-play drive all on the ground to take a two-score lead. Iowa State answers Purdy back in the game. Out of the locker room finds Kohler. But then there's the interception that would finally end it. And Oklahoma wins 28 to 21. If you look at the stats there, Gabe, they're a bit concerning other than the takeaways category. And
2: that's what kind of helps it all make sense. Yeah, turnovers are clearly an important part of football. And that play before the half, That was just such a critical play in the game and just such a critical mistake by Brock Purdy. And credit to Oklahoma's defense. I I thought they were really good in this football game, especially if you take the first drive and the last drives of the game out of there. That middle portion of the football game, they played at a very, very high level. That defensive line absolutely got after that offensive line from Iowa State. And they're starting to look like the defense – we thought they were going to be, right? Now stacking a couple nice performances together in a row. The offensive issues, though, they're still there. I I did think the run game got going a little better. Ran Uh, the ball well. Ran the ball well. Liked seeing them get back to the zone running concepts. I think that is what fits this particular offensive line and this group of running backs best this season. You saw them run zone concepts 20-plus times in this football game. Ran a lot of split zone. And it was really good for him. Ran it efficiently. Oh, you ran for over 200 yards,
4: held Brees Hall in check uh, the Iowa State running game. Cyclones had the ball for 16 and a half more minutes than Oklahoma did, but the takeaways, plus two in the turnover margin, <clears throat> one of those directly leading to a touchdown, as Gabe mentioned,
2: the difference in this, this one. All right, how about your player of the game? I'm going Perry on Winfrey, right? This is a guy coming into the season that we had really high expectations for. And he hadn't played up to them quite this season. I thought this was his best game of the year. And and when you look at the stat line, right, it doesn't really jump out to you. But sometimes with interior defensive linemen, they can wreck a game without registering stats. Yeah. Really. And he just – he pushed so many things when it came to the run game, just putting offensive linemen in the backfield. He – Along with Jalen Redmond and the you know, some of those other guys that – oh, gosh. Well,
4: I mean, I mean that, that, that's that the hardest. That
2: jolt of energy through the stadium. The right stadium there. went crazy. You went crazy on the broadcast. Yeah, I thought I was very Teddy, mellow. Teddy, for whatever reason, was yeah. unimpressed. All we got from <laughs> Ted was a ooh. But I, I thought Perion was great. A ton of penetration disrupted a lot of what Iowa State wanted to do offensively was just harassing Brock Purdy back there in the pocket. I, I thought it, it was his best game of the season. I thought that we saw the Perry on Winfrey that we expected to see against Iowa State. We're thinking along the same
4: lines, and I think when you get seven sacks, you got to give credit where credit's due, the defensive line. Oh, I'm going Nick Benito. I think you could have considered Jalen Redmond. I think there's some other guys. DTY had a very good game. I'll go Benito, two and a half tackles for loss, had a sack, made some big plays in this game, especially late. Remember the big sack on the final drive Iowa State was trying to move and was just in general extremely disruptive. Seemed like he was constantly making Brock Purdy and Hunter Decker's scramble. In fact, I think after a while, Purdy began seeing the ghost of Benito out there because sometimes he was running from him before he even, was in the backfield, so – uh, I'll go with I'll go with Nick Donito and same thing you're thinking. The defensive line oh, looked no. like Oh we got we got a big guy on his back. <laughs> Never good. <laughs> He's it, a turtle out there. It looked like they did against Texas in the second half, you know, where they were just pinning their ears back and, and going and getting the queue. And they're gonna have to do that again on,
2: on Saturday against Oklahoma State. Right. And and Oklahoma State's offensive line is better than Iowa State's. Right. Been able to dive into the film this week of what Oklahoma State does up front offensively. Very well coached, uh, played with good technique, uh, not overly athletic along the offensive line, but certainly a group that, that does what they are asked to do at a high level. And Oklahoma's defensive line going to have to play with even more physicality than we saw from them in the Iowa State game because Oklahoma State, they're, they're, a, better, they're a better offensive front than what we saw from the Cyclones. Opening segment presented by Noble
4: McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Drive of the game, we're going to skip to the fourth quarter. Uh, Iowa State pulls within a touchdown mid-fourth quarter, and Oklahoma needs to go on a drive, and they did it, Gabe, and they did it entirely on the ground. They took over at their own 32-yard line. There you see Kennedy on the loose around the end at a face mask
2: for 15 more. Had run zone a lot all game. O-line block zone. Kennedy Brooks goes the other way. And I don't think Iowa State saw that one coming. There's Kennedy again. 10 or 11 more that time. Brooks again. Split zone. I mean, this is a play that they ran a lot in this football game. See a little wrinkle here. I I thought Eric Gray, he's not getting a ton of touches, but – Seems like good things happen when he gets the football. Puts it in the
4: end zone there from seven yards out. Six plays, like I said, all on the ground. It was what you hope to see in the fourth quarter of a football game. When you've got a one-score lead, be able to run the ball even then when they know you're going to try to.
2: Right. That's exactly what you want, and you see that drive right there. I wish the last drive would have been like that, and I guess technically not the last drive because they did did take a knee. But when Iowa State had scored – Oklahoma got the football back, you wish they would have been able to run the football when Iowa State knew that they wanted to run it. Right. Instead, you go three and out, you punt it back to the Cyclones, and they had the ball with the chance to go tie or maybe even if they wanted to go for two to win the game. So that's the next step for this group offensively when it comes to running the Rock is, hey, when they know you're going to run it, you got to go get first downs, right? Right. I'm I'm not asking them to rip off 40-yard touchdown sure. runs or anything like that. Milk but the clock. You've got you to be able to milk that clock, and you've got to end the game with the ball, in the game with your offense on the field. Drive of the game presented
4: by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. Let's take an opening timeout. When we come back, we'll take a deep dive into the Sooners' offense and defensive analysis from Saturday's win over the Cyclones. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue.
3: Thank you to our cornerstone television partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch, and our community partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, og And Coca Cola. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the best place to gear up for game day is shop.soonersports.com. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Bud Light, it's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Homeland, your homegrown advantage. Proud sponsor of Sooner Athletics. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality.
4: Toby and Gabe back with you. We're talking Bedlam here in just a bit. Lincoln Riley coming up next hour. Let's talk a little more OU Iowa State. Sooners win it 28-21. They get their 10th win of the year. 10-1 uh, and one now on the season. They close out the home slate at the Palace with a victory. We'll start on offense. Wasn't always pretty. They went one for 10 on third downs. And let's start with uh, the quarterback. Uh, Caleb Williams had the spectacular run early on. After that, it was a bit of a struggle for him.
2: Right. And... I think it. at times he's struggling with some of his decision-making, even in the run game, right? Even in some of the read situations, they're putting him in. But, man, he's just got so much talent that even if he makes mistakes, he, he can just make up for them with, with that amount of talent he's got. I know that a lot of people have a lot of concerns about the passing game, right? Don't even throw for 100 yards in that game against Iowa State, and it's just – It's so weird to see a Lincoln-Riley offense have a lack of explosive plays in the passing game, but honestly, I thought they should have run the football more in this game, or they could have run the football more. I think they could have run for 400 yards against Iowa State, and it's because of what Iowa State was doing defensively. They played even more conservatively than we're used to seeing them play. Just an unbelievable amount of drop eight. And there's just a lot of guys back there in coverage. The windows were small. You know, going back and watching the game, just sometimes there weren't anybody, there weren't any guys that were open. So you look at those situations, you you wish that Caleb Williams and the wide receiver core would have been able to connect on some of those throws they were really close on. But overall, I, I, I thought the run game was good. I thought that Kennedy Brooks did a nice job running behind his pads. He finished runs. thought Eric Gray did did some good things when he got his touches. But I I think the run game is the strength of this offense right now. And the more efficiently they run it, it's going to set Caleb Williams up with easier passing situations, right, where things maybe are a little clear. There's not – as many guys in coverage so play
4: action works more effectively maybe
2: maybe lincoln uh you know looking ahead to Bale, uh to bedlam maybe lincoln leans on the run game a little more and tries to make things uh, a little easier for caleb it, it would be nice for, to see him get a few more rhythm throws right getting the ball out of his hand quickly but yeah some of these defenses that oklahoma plays against in this conference just makes makes it tough to get explosive plays in the passing game Kennedy, 115 yards rushing. He's now over 3,000 in his
4: career. He's knocking on the door of 1,000 yards this year, which would make him only the fourth sooner running back ever to have three 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, what about the offensive line? Always like to get your opinion on how the O-line played.
2: They they were better, right? And it, it was interesting because – you saw some guys moving around in that game. You saw Eric Swenson come in and play right tackle, and then bump over to the left tackle. And, and once Andrew Rame went down with the injury, you, you saw Robert Condl come in, and I thought Congel did a good job. I mean, he he did the same things we saw him doing earlier in the season. I I think he's a he's a solid player there at the center position. Now it, it wasn't perfect, right? There there's still a lot of room for growth, but I just think that that zone running game, they just execute it. Mm-hmm. They they execute it well, and it's it's kind of nice to just block zone and some of the and they sprinkled some of the gap stuff in a couple of the GT plays and they were effective, but zone blocking is just easier because in some of the gap stuff, you know, a guy is just really hunkered down taking on a double team and you have to physically move that human being that is fighting with every ounce of his being to stay in place. And zone blocking, they gotta react. They gotta run laterally. Like you are threatening their gap. And I, I think Oklahoma's offensive line, they they've got some work to do on the front side of some of those zones, especially on the left side of the offensive line. But they did do a good job on the backside. side. If, if guys were running really far laterally, they were washing it all by. Kennedy Brooks would cut it behind all that trash. And there's just some really good things that they put on tape. I, I liked what I saw. I hope they stick with it this week.
4: OSU plays a different defensive style than Iowa State does. But you feel like the key is running the football. It's always the key. Do. Yeah, well, that's true. No, that's but true.
2: with what Oklahoma State does defensively, you kind of have to keep things pretty simple when it comes to your plan and the run game going into the game. They line up a lot of different ways. And the unpredictability of what their defensive front is going to look like on a down-in and down-out basis makes it difficult to go in with what I call a bunch of kind of like gotcha runs, right? Where, hey, we know they're going to line up this way. We're going to get in this formation. We're going to motion. This is how they're going to react. Oklahoma State – They'll, they'll come out and you'll be like, oh, my gosh, what, what, what is that from What are you in? What, are, what are they doing? Yeah. Brock Martin will be like two yards off the ball just randomly hovering in the B-gap, and you're like, what are you doing there? <laughs> so it is – it makes it difficult from a game plan perspective. And once again, and I think those of you that listen to me on Here Enough uh, realize that I have a, a, a rather great affinity – for zone blocking in the run game. That's right. I, I think that is, that's an easy way to, to solve some of the unpredictability of what Oklahoma State is going to do from an alignment perspective with their defensive front. All right, let's talk defense. Uh, Alex Grinch has been preaching takeaways since the moment he took over
4: as defensive coordinator. Three more of them on Saturday, none bigger than big Jalen Redman. It was Key Lawrence that forced it. Redman that came up with the big play and put his chin back and just chugged his way into the south end zone. But seven sacks, three forced turnovers. I know it got a little tight there late Gabe. but all in all, you got to be pleased.
2: Absolutely. Right? I wish they would have started a little better. Right? That long touchdown drive to start the football game for the Cyclones. But once that drive happened, I thought they played some really, really good football and but between that first drive and the last two drives of the game, they're just really impressive. And that defensive line, man, they—they were—they were on one, and they looked like the group that we all expected them to be. Maybe the most impressive thing, and I know that Grinch is constantly preaching takeaway, 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 and they shut Brees Hall down. Yeah, I, I'm not sure people realize it. Brees Hall may be the first running back off the board in the upcoming NFL draft. That's how good he is. And they were able to dominate Iowa State's offensive line and to hold Brees Hall to fifty eight yards on nineteen carries. That's really, really good. That's really impressive stuff. And they made Brock Purdy pay for his mistakes. And that's that's something we talked a lot about coming into the football game. But one of the things that was good to see. thought they tackled well. Yes. I, I thought this was one of the, one of their better tackling performances we had seen in a while. And just the physicality they brought to this football game. It was really fun to watch.
4: That guy's played well. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but since Delarian Turner-Yell and, Turner and Jalen Redman have come back into the lineup and at about the same time, Key Lawrence has started seeing increased playing time this
2: defense seems to have turned a corner. Yeah, I think I think DTY is the most, most important player on the defense, right? Just because you, you see what they looked like with him not in the lineup yeah. when he was out with the hamstring. And then you see what they've looked like with him out there. Right? I, I think his leadership and him and Pat Fields back there together, being able to communicate to the entire defense and just – just seems like all those guys are way more comfortable out there. And then having Jalen Redman out there and having that version of Perrion Winfrey out yeah, there, it's a difference. that's that's a difference maker for sure. Interior defensive line play, when it is at a high level like it was last Saturday, it can ruin everything oh, you want to do offensively. You think of the great
4: OU defenses in the last two decades, Tommy Harris, Dusty Dvorak, Gerald McCoy, they all had that giant defensive tackle in the middle there that – Everything could be built around. DTY, by the way, 11 tackles and the interception on Saturday. Fun to see Pat Fields have a moment like that, too, in his final game on Owen Field. Such a such a fine young man. Great representative of the school.
2: Maybe saved his best performance for last there. Yeah. I played. thought he was great. He was great. For whatever reason, he gets a lot of criticism from the fan base. He lines up right. He does exactly what you want him to do. Yep. Sometimes he misses some plays, misses some tackles. But, man, he he's a key piece to what they do defensively. All right, we'll talk
4: Big 12 when we come back. A very interesting week once again in the conference. Final week of the regular season ahead. We'll look at the slate coming up. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and
3: Barbecue. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the Varsity Network app and listen free.
4: It's time for the Big 12 report presented by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Go to kincaidcoach.com for more info. Cowboys get them a shutout in Lubbock. Six straight losses for Texas. They fall in West Virginia. Baylor
2: goes on the road to beat Kansas State. Kansas almost got them two in a row, kid. That was, I'll say this about the Jayhawks poke a lot of fun at them, and they deserve it with what the program has looked like recently. Lance Leipold's got that team getting better. They made a good hire. Jalen Daniels, yep. he's taken over at quarterback, decided, hey, uh, you want to play these last couple games instead of red shirt. It's fun to watch. Let's take a look at some highlights. We will start in Manhattan.
4: Baylor in Kansas State. A lot of Sooner fans watching this game, rooting for the Wildcats to help them out. Didn't happen. Baylor was solid. Now, Gary Bohannon got hurt. And they ended up having to go to uh, Blake Shapin, but he played well enough, and they got enough points when Bohannon was in there to be able to hang on. They went it
2: 20-10. to 10. I think that – there goes Deuce Vaughn. Look at the speed on that guy. But it's a nice win for Baylor. Very good. Right? K-State was playing good ball. Yeah, senior night there in Manhattan, and unfortunately – Tyler Thompson goes down in the fourth quarter of that game, but it's a really nice win. Really nice win. They, Bohanian, were, they okay? were an underdog in that game. But Hamlin could be able to play this week. Do we know? I'll tell you. I'll, I'll say this. I thought Shapen looked, looked just fine. Didn't yeah. look like much of a drop off to me, if any at all. Morgantown. Jared Dagey throws for 290 yards, three
4: touchdowns. Letty Brown 158 on the ground, and uh, the woes continue for Bevo. You hate to see it.
2: Six losses in a row I can for Texas. Feel the sincerity in your I voice. I just, here. you know, the program there in Austin—it's down. The vibes are bad. The chemistry in the locker room uh, appears to be rather poor. It's a good pass. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about Texas other than they're—they're going to hit reset, right? This, this season has completely gotten away from them. Yeah.
4: West Virginia needs one more win, by the way, to get the bowl eligibility. They won that one 31-23. Meanwhile, in Lubbock on Saturday night, the primetime game, all Cowboys, all Cowboy defense. They hold Texas Tech to 108 total yards. Donovan Smith, nine for 29 passing. The Oklahoma State running game wasn't its normal, powerful self, but they didn't need it. They needed they needed that first field goal, and that was it. Twenty three nothing.
2: Yeah, and and that defensive line from Texas Tech is finally fully healthy, and they got a pretty good group. So they they gave that Oklahoma State some off, offensive line some trouble at times, but just it, it it's hard to get beat when you don't let the other team score. That's true. That's, that's good true. way to do it.
4: That's why you are a sideline analyst extraordinaire, my friend. That is – that's big-time analysis. big-time analysis. Fort Worth, TCU, and Kansas. You jumped out on top in this game, but uh, TCU had enough. It was a good football game, but TCU is missing a ton of guys right now. They got all kinds of injuries, and Kansas obviously buoyed by that win, and Austin carrying a little bit of confidence into this game
2: tight game into the fourth, TCU found a way to win it. Yeah, and that's really all that matters, but yeah, Jalen Daniels inserting himself in there for the Jayhawks. I, I think that's brought in some more confidence to that entire football team. TCU's defense just still not what we're used to seeing. Took a, took a field goal with about five seconds left to go in the game uh, for the Horned Frogs to get the job done. Progress for the Jayhawks. Progress. TCU also one win away from bowl eligibility. Here you see the
4: slate this week. Frogs go to Iowa State to try to get that win. Tech at Baylor. That is, we know, an 11 AM kickoff. It says TBD there, but it will be 11 AM in Waco. Uh, If Baylor wins that game, Oklahoma must beat Oklahoma State to get into the Big 12 championship game. If Baylor loses to Texas Tech, The outcome in Stillwater doesn't matter as it pertains to who gets into the Big 12 championship. Obviously, it matters a ton, but it would be bedlam regardless if Baylor were to get upset by Texas Tech.
2: At that point, the only thing on the line is bragging rights for a week and what jersey you're going to wear in the championship game? And your college football
4: playoff hopes. And yes, I wouldn't start by saying the only thing on the line, but yes. In essence, you are correct. K-State goes Wearing to Wearing crimson is very important. West Virginia goes to Kansas. All right, the new college football playoff rankings out moments ago, and the Sooners have moved up by virtue of their win over Iowa State and some other losses like Oregon and Michigan State and Wake Forest all falling behind them. Sooners up three spots to number 10. Some shuffling at the top. Ohio State moves to two, Bama three, Cincinnati to four, Michigan five. Of course, they get Ohio State this week in the big house. Notre Dame six. There you see the Cowboys at seven, Baylor eight. Ole Miss right in front of OU. They get it right.
2: I am shocked that they actually put Cincinnati in the top four. Look at them go. And Now, Cincinnati – with a really nice performance yeah, they played against well. SMU, just absolutely rolled them. And Michigan sitting there, they can't be too upset. They've got every opportunity to prove who they are this weekend against Ohio State. And when you look at this, there are, there are several different ways, right, that the Big 12 may play out. But I thought Oklahoma was going to have to go undefeated. To make the college football playoff. But when you see it, they're kind of sitting there lurking yeah. at 10 with a great opportunity in Stillwater on Saturday and then hopefully a Big 12 championship game to follow. If they can put two really, really nice performances together, they got a shot. They got a good shot. I mean,
4: they, they might need a little bit of help, but not much. But the first I'm not
2: worried about Notre Dame. Remember, they don't, they don't have a conference championship sure. game. They know what they sign up for. Right? If, if they're not going to join a conference, you've got to go undefeated. There's yeah. the rules. It's
4: true. They still have those gold helmets, which carries a lot of weight. There's no doubt. Well, I agree with you. But, I mean, the big part of that formula is winning these next two weeks and looking good doing. So Absolutely. that's going to be the hard thing to accomplish. We'll take a timeout. What is the challenge that faces Oklahoma this week in Stillwater? We will break down the Cowboys coming up next here on The Huddle.
3: Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day. Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino log on to SoonerSports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by og Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively.
1: Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate.
2: Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois.
1: I would expect to whip their ass, honestly. I don't don't (laughs) go into a game thinking otherwise. So as long as we just do what we have to do. You know, take care of the little things. Not, not try to do too much. Do, do what we did to get here. So, honestly, we'll be fine.
4: That is uh, OSU wide receiver Tay Martin with
2: the first blow of uh, Bedlam Week. You okay over there? I, he went to Washington State before that. He, he's not from around here. I get it. <laughs> he doesn't know how things work in the state, huh? Well, I don't know. He's, he's, he's confident. I get it. I get little, it. They got, got a good football, football
4: team. Material, but, yeah.
2: All right. Let's talk about, the Sooner State for a reason. Let's
4: talk about the Cowboys. OSU at 10-1 uh, and 1 coming into play on Saturday. Uh, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. We go behind enemy lines brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. Spencer Sanders, he has played better at quarterback this year. Your thoughts on their signal caller.
2: I think he's playing by far the best football of his career, and especially the last month or so. He's taking care of the ball taking care of the football. Uh, He's been more accurate as a passer, using his legs well, not only in some called QB run game, but in in some scramble situations where he's picking up big first downs, or he's he's even scoring touchdowns with his legs. So he's been really good. I mean, this is a guy that has been heavily criticized over the last couple seasons. And he's playing some really, really good football for them doing a good job of distributing the ball to different guys and just kind of running the show for them offensively.
4: Jalen Warren having a special season at running back. They've got the pride of McGinnis back there, too. Dominic Richardson, kind of a three-headed monster they, they have. But, boy, they have run the ball. And they are not afraid to run it 50, 60 times in a game.
2: It is, It is pretty simple when it comes to the preparation. Oklahoma's defense for this game uh, when it comes to Oklahoma State's running game. They're gonna major in two plays. Now they're running out of 11 personnel, so one back, one tight end, and 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They're gonna run split zone, where a guy's coming back across the formation to change the gap responsibilities for the defense, and then they're gonna run stretch to the tight end. That's pretty much it. Now they'll sprinkle, really good at it. They'll sprinkle some, some QB run game off of that, you know, some read concepts. But really, they major in those two plays. And they're really the same play, just different variations. Got some good
4: wideouts, Tay Martin, who had that sound bite off the top. Brennan Presley can go. Little guy who's a threat in the return game as well. But a really solid bunch of weapons that they have for Spencer Sanders in the backfield and in the receiving core.
2: Yeah, you, you look at Tay Martin. He's he's kind of got some of the characteristics of guys that have given Oklahoma trouble this season. Uh, I mean, you think of the type of game that Quentin Johnston right. had, uh, the type of game that Taquan Thornton had for Baylor. He's a big, physical wide receiver. Uh, he's got length. He's got athleticism on the outside. So he is he's a guy that that certainly gets your attention, and then. Presley can do a lot of different things. It's not only him on offense, but in special teams as well. They, they've got nice weapons. This is where Tate Martin really thrives, down in the red zone. He's become quite quite the uh, productive player yeah. on just goal line fades, which I hate as a play, but he has made some really nice catches on it. So yeah. I Spencer get it.
4: Sanders throws that ball well, too, down around the goal line. All right, let's talk about him on defense. One of the best defenses in the country, I mean – Maybe only second to Georgia this year. Certainly the best defense in
2: the Big 12. Why, game? They they have an awesome scheme. Uh, what Jim Knowles is doing is fantastic. I think this is the best scheme Oklahoma has played against since they played Georgia in the Rose Bowl. It is. It's unpredictable. It is full of strong veteran. Old men, yeah, which certainly Seniors helps. Seniors everywhere, uh, and the way that they line up defensively, kind of the unpredictability of it, it can it can it limits what you do, and it limits what you can have in your game plan because they just make it really difficult. They are very aggressive. They will bring pressure, and they. They take risks in the back end. I don't know how else to say it. They they play more man coverage than Oklahoma's seen all season long. And I'll say this. They are really good. Really, really good unit. A collective unit. But it's not like they got a bunch of first-rounders over there. So I have all the respect in the world for this group as a whole. But – for whatever reason I feel like a lot of the fan base feels like Oklahoma's not going to be able to get a first down against this defense that's not the case man I mean it's just not the case they got good players but they don't have anyone that's going on the first day of the draft they don't. They may not have anyone that's going day two I mean their best player Malcolm Rodriguez is going to be a late round guy yeah so that is I, I'm not saying that to disrespect them I'm just saying because it's true It's not like it's George's defense with first round picks all over the field. The scheme is great, but Oklahoma can move the football against this team. I expect them to move the football against this team, and they are going to have to cash in when they get down in the red zone. I think Oklahoma's going to move the ball, and it's up to them when they get down in the red area to score touchdowns. And one thing, when you look at what Oklahoma State does in coverage. The The coverage scheme is complex. It's man principles, but they play more combo coverage than I think I've ever seen from a team. But eventually, with a lot of things that they do, it becomes cover zero. Just they're not blitzing. There's no deep safety. It's five defensive backs on an island. And if you can protect the quarterback and some things can develop down the field, You have to win your one-on-ones on on the outside. And if you do that, you will have not big plays, but massive game-altering plays Mm. in the passing game. And that's why a guy like Marvin Mims and a guy like Mario Williams, guys that, that Oklahoma have that have real speed, have to show up in this game. They absolutely have to show up in this game because this team, with how aggressive they are, they dare you to push the ball down the field and you have to accept that challenge and you have to make plays and you can't be scared of them because they're the number two defense in the country it doesn't matter go on the road and light them up I
4: feel like we're getting a pep talk tonight that's fantastic I expected they're good the crowd don't to get erupt. me wrong
2: they're really really good no, I know they're really good but yeah it's not like they're the 85 bears
4: yeah that's true uh, there's no William Refrigerator Perry on this team. Um, they are uh, – w- a couple of things came to mind when you were talking there. If you're going to go man-to-man on the back end – That's what they do. And you've got uh, a quarterback with the running ability of Caleb Williams, that could produce some opportunities there. Whenever, you know what they say when everybody's turning and running with the wide receivers, nobody's uh, looking at the running back. And I feel like whenever Oklahoma has played its toughest defenses in recent years – Lincoln has found ways to use his H-backs as weapons. You know, you think of Ohio State on the road. You think of that game against Georgia, the Baylor games in recent years when they've had really good defenses. Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, Austin Stogner, even back in the Trey Miller days – they would make big plays in those games. So, I don't know if it fits what you're saying. Oh, it fits. But my antennas are up for the H-backs to be a part of the game. Okay.
2: So, this is going to sound really weird. And I know I'm going to sound weird when I say yeah, this. Yeah, that's, that's baked in whenever you're on the set. But Perfect. go ahead. Yeah. Over the last month, if you're looking, if you're an OU fan and you're going, okay, let, let me watch some of Oklahoma State's defense where I can have some hope that OU is going to move the football and possibly score some points. Watch the first half of TCU. I'm telling you to watch the first half of a game that Oklahoma State won 63-17. TCU moved the football. They moved the football. They ran it right at them. They hit big plays down in the middle of the field to the tight ends. One guy dropped a touchdown. The other guy took one a long way. The, the defense is really good. But I'm telling you, Oklahoma should score points on it. Because it, they, they challenge some of the things that Oklahoma is supposed to be able to do well. Like Marvin Mims and Mario Williams, like those those guys on the outside, Jaden Hiswood. you have to accept the challenge. You have to win your one-on-ones. And if you do that, you are going to have big plays. And it's up to Caleb Williams to get those guys the football. And it – it starts with the offensive line. It comes down to running the ball efficiently, which I think they can. But it has it has everything to do with accepting that challenge, handling the environment that's gonna be still water on Saturday night. That place is gonna be rocking. It's gonna be crazy. They're right on top of all of that stuff. But just go and execute. If they play. If they play to their best ability, like if they play at the highest level we've seen them play all season long, they're going to win because they have better players than Oklahoma State. There you go. Am I supposed to? Okay. No, no you, you don't
4: listen. have to, you don't don't have I'm, to explain yourself. I'm an yourself. OU guy. I'm an OU guy, yeah. right? And I,
2: yeah. I, if anyone that's listened to me on Big 12 radio, I've been saying that Oklahoma State's the best Big 12 team for almost two months. now. Right? I've been really, really impressed with them. But it's not like they're invincible. Sure. OU's beat beaten Oklahoma State six years like in a row. I feel like you're trying to
4: convince me now of this
2: fact. I feel like some people need some convincing. <laughs> some of the OU fans are. Oh, are we going to
4: even, even score a point? That's probably true. Yeah.
2: I mean, they're good, but if OU's offense plays at a high level, they're going to score. Now, Caleb Williams' has got to play well. The offensive line got to play their best game of the year, right? They got some veteran dudes yeah. along the defensive front. You can't be scared of them. I, can tell I know you. Tay Martin's not scared of OU. I assume that every guy in Oklahoma's locker room, you know, all the guys that have never lost to Oklahoma State in their career, I assume they're going to be confident going down to Stillwater. Just, or I guess up to Stillwater. Yeah. I. I mean, I just, this, this notion that OU's going to go and get beat 40 to nothing is just silly to me. I
4: can promise you this. It is going to be quite an atmosphere on Saturday night. 6.30 kickoff at Boone Pickens Stadium. It, As the kids say, should be lit by the time we get up there. Nice. We'll take a break. We're over-undering, and we are picking them when we come back. Lincoln Riley and Teddy Lehman right around the corner as well. Stay with us.
3: The Phillips 66 Bedlam Series is brought to you in part by Academy Sports and Outdoors, Homeland, Oklahoma Blood Institute, Anheuser-Busch, and Philips 66. Live to the full. Sports TV is brought to you by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. OU's football games are available on Exodos 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show.
4: All right, welcome back. Final segment of the huddle. Hey, the One Pass is your one ticket to 80-plus Sooner athletic events and access to exclusive experiences. Go to Soonersports.com slash One Pass for more information on how to experience the best in collegiate athletics. And men's and women's basketball and single-game tickets are on sale now. Don't miss any of the action. Secure your seats today. Call 405-324-2424 or go to Soonersports.com slash ticket Men's back home tomorrow night against Houston Baptist. All right, we close every huddle with over-under. We did not do very good last week, Gabe. Over-under for the OU Iowa State game. We revisit. I'm told we went 0-4, at least on the – Sounds right. (laughs) Two-and-a-half tackles for loss for IT. He had two. We had the over. Half a touchdown for Jeremiah Hall. We took the over. He did not score. 117-and-a-half rushing yards for Brees Hall. Took the over. Glad we missed that we one. We missed that one badly. I'm, I'm I'm happy to miss that one. One and a half minutes for Caleb Kelly on Big Noon kickoff. We took the under, and he was on for way more than 90 that a
2: seconds. Boy, Caleb, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, those are two where we picked. You know, we kind yeah, of emotionally hedged. That's
4: right. And over over under this week, 218 and a half passing yards for Spencer Sanders. That is what. The OSU quarterback has averaged the last three games, 218 and a half passing yards. Under.
2: I think the Oklahoma defense is going to get after him. I. I, I like their group up front. They got some guys that are banged up, shuffling some guys. Offensive in and out line, of line for OSU, yeah, yeah. And it's something they've been dealing with. So, Under. I think I think the defensive line, is, it's going to make things tough on Spencer Sanders. You mentioned the importance of DTY earlier in the show, 11
4: tackles last week, over under six and a half against Oklahoma State.
2: Over. He's going to be a key. He's going to be pivotal in the run game. Agree. Right. And they're going to run Jalen Warren. They're going to run the pride of Bishop McGinnis, Dominic Richardson. And he's going to have to make some plays in space. Right. There there are going to be some situations where it is DTY and Oklahoma State's running back one-on-one. In space, they're going to come through the line clean. Got to make plays. Over, under, half a rushing
4: touchdown for Caleb Williams. He has won every game since
2: Texas except for one. I'll go over. I hope he can rip off a big one, right? That's always fun, yeah. And it it would be nice, and I feel like it's much needed, but also if they get down there in the low red zone, they – to gain an advantage from a numbers perspective, QB run game is always a good way to go. So I'll take I'll take the over. Over under two and a half
4: key Lawrence hammer fists. This is the thing he started doing where he comes in like the maniac for the and tries to hammer the ball out, and he has had success. So over ha- under hammer he, he fist attempts. Attempts. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hammer the yeah, over. Yeah, we'll take the over on that. All right, Pickham. We were much better last week. We went four and one. Our record thirty six and nineteen now on the year. Uh, are we going to revisit uh, the picks from last week or just go right? Yeah, there we go. Ohio State, we got that. West Virginia, Cincinnati, Alabama, we got all those. Uh, Baylor, I think you wanted to pick Baylor, and I talked you out of it. Uh, you, I believe you used your veto. I vetoed you. And, and what did I tell you? It's the only game we missed. So my veto has been put in the trash can, and you get all of the picks this week without any veto. So here we go. Uh, game number one this week, a uh, pick em. By the way, we're 36-19. and 19. On the
2: year. That's pretty good. Uh, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. The Egg Bowl, Thanksgiving night. Going to be a fun game, right? And I I think that these rivalry games, weird things can happen, but Ole Miss is a better football team. We got one minute. We got to go fast. Matt Corral, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Game number two, K-State at Texas. Kansas State. I don't care if Skylar Thompson's playing or not. Seven straight losses for Texas to end the season, if you're right. Pick number three, TCU at Iowa State. Iowa State. Good football team, TCU's defense, they they can't stop anyone. Number four, pick number four, the game, Ohio State-Michigan. I think it's going to be closer than some people think because I think that running game for Michigan with Haskins could could do some damage, but but Ohio State. Ten seconds, final game we're picking is Tech at Baylor. Baylor, easy.
4: Gabe Eicher, everybody, stick around. Teddy Lehman, Coach Lincoln Riley coming up next. Boomer Sooner.
1: On the Sooner Sports Network. From Learfield, you've been listening to the OU Bud Light Huddle. Presented by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Also brought to you by Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation. On the Sooner Sports Network.